0: Okay, for me. But until that time, if you have found your place in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, again, now I've preached a message a few weeks back, and sometimes when I say a few weeks, it might be a couple months, you know, uh, and you've got to bear with me on that. Uh, but I preached that I want us to be a gospel engaged church. Uh, Hopefully you remembered that message. And if not, that's okay. That means I get to preach it again. (laughs) And then it sounds like the first time you've heard that. So it's awesome. Uh, And then I preached that, I challenged us that in 2022, I want us to double in size. I truly believe that is something that we can do if each and every one of us uh, looks to, uh, to bring a family of like size to who they are now. Uh, just begin to work on people and it'll start. I gave you a mission field. It could start in the workplace and, and, and do it. And I challenge you to do it uh, the way the, the, the Lord sometimes did it was build a relationship first. People really don't care to know how much you know until they know how much you care. So show a little kindness uh, with people. Be willing to pray with them. Be willing to be there when they're going through hard times in their life. And I assure you, they'll begin to approach you and they'll want to know what you have. You can tell them, well, I got the Lord Jesus Christ living in, down inside of me, uh, and I'm part of uh, a wonderful church. And, and say that if you mean that. If you don't, then we, we got issues we might need to talk about. Uh, but, uh, and then invite them to come. and Don't worry about trying to vet them. Let God do that. Uh, you don't know if they'll like it or don't like it. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But the Lord and the Bible should be everybody's cup of tea. And and so if that's going to happen, uh, we're, we're going to grow. And with growing, we're going to experience something that I'm calling growing pains. And uh, you all remember that old song that says I'm using my Bible for a road map. I've sung it a time or two. And the Word of God is going to give us a road map on how we as Tree of Life Baptist Church are we are going to deal with our growing pains because if we go to double in size, just look around in here this morning, by this time next year I want double that amount. Now that means we're going to bring more people, different people from different walks of life uh, and, and then maybe they're lost, maybe they're saved, but they're going to get saved uh, and begin to work with us. So you say, Preacher, how are we going to deal with that? I believe the Bible has a roadmap for us, and we're going to follow this roadmap. And uh, I've, the subtitle to this is Keeping Trouble Out of the Church. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a constant battle uh, when you're working with a bigger group of people uh, that uh, somebody somewhere could. Have a burr under the saddle. So how are we going to deal with this? How are we going to work with this? Let's get into the Word of God and read some Scripture to get our text that we're going to pull from. We're going to start in about verse 18. He says, But now hath God set the members. There it is. Members, the word members is a biblical word. Uh, Every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? So not everybody's going to be the same. He says, but now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble... Are necessary, so there'll be some members that are, are a little more feeble than others, but they're necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, for our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism, that means division, uh, problems in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, ye are the body of Christ and members in particular, and God hath set some in the church first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Let us pray and ask God to help us this morning as we look at this subject on growing pains. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you. Lord, we love you, and help us together today as we have gathered here. And Lord, uh, we want to be able to feel your presence in the midst And Lord, we want to emphasize the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God working on hearts. Now anoint my lips. Lord, let the Holy Spirit speak through me. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Now, one of the things and what I want us to aim for this year coming up, and yes, I am springboarding a little sooner. Maybe this should be preached in January, but uh, I'm not one much for uh, maybe I should be on a journey with Jesus all the way up to the birth of Christ. I've thought about that. I'll think about that a little more this week uh, and so on. But I, I have felt led of the Holy Spirit of the Lord to launch this a little early being proactive. I don't want to be reactive. I want to be proactive. I want to give us what we need before we need it so we know how to handle when we're there. So I want you to learn how to maximize your potential for God while minimizing your problems. Every one of us has problems that we deal with. We have besetting sins. We have issues. We have weaknesses. But I want us this year to maximize our potential. Each and every one of us has potential for God. Do not let the devil fill your head with a bunch of nonsense that you are worthless or you're not worth it or there is no reason for you to be here. There is every reason for you to be here. You are not worthless. There is a purpose for you. And if you're sitting here this morning, God has a purpose for you here and a work to do. So I want you to maximize your potential while minimizing your problem. The book of 1 Corinthians, it focuses on keeping the church in the world, hence gospel engage, but at the same time keeping the world out of the church. We are going to do it just a little different around here. I'm not going to sway or give heed to the popular wind of doctrine, which is to incorporate a rock and roll concert into the church. And we get the smoke and the the laser lights and put us on a show and get into dance choreographies and, and boy, we just get all cozy with the world. No, we're to engage and be in the world, but we're not to have the world in us. We're not to adopt worldly practices and the book of first corinthians is about that you had a very carnal church here and they were having a problem with trying to drag the world into their worship and something else to remember is the church is not an organization the church is a living organism we that are saved in here this morning make up a living part of the body of Christ. We're not all hands. We're not all feet. We're not all mouths. We're not all nose. But there is a part of the body of Christ that you fit into. Sometimes you see people switching around a little bit from churches or different churches, different pastors, because they learned that they might not necessarily fit in where they were and that they can fit in better at another church. Now, I. Would highly advise you and counsel you to make sure that you're part of a Bible-believing, Bible-practicing church, no matter where you go. Don't go liberal. Uh, don't leave a good Bible-believing church for a church that will not take a stand on the Word of God or will not draw a line in the sand and keep the world out of the church. You need a pastor who will love you but will also be truthful with you and preach truth to you from the Word of God. And so the church is a living organism. One body in Christ, and that's what he's talking about here. Membership is an important thing. And we're all, if we've been born again uh, by the blood of the lamb we make up a body of Christ. And we have been commanded by Scriptures to assemble and not to forsake that assembling. It's very important to come together and to hear the preaching and the teaching and the singing of the songs and the praise and the worship and then here to edify one another. And I will say this, that our church will grow if it remains a Bible-preaching church. And I assure you, as long as I'm here, it will be a Bible-preaching church I know no other way. Uh, I have been this way since I was a child. I, I have had Christian parents, and I had a pastor for a father. I know no other way but this way. I know no other method but God's Bible method. And I understand it's not popular with the world, but we will maintain the course. And if we're going to grow and be glorifying to God, we will have to remain a Bible preaching church. But we'll have to be a Praying church, we cannot get anything done without prayer. And if we're not willing to spend time with God in prayer, and then we will just not amount to much of anything. The power for ministry, the power in the preaching comes from time alone with God in prayer. But then we'll have to be a friendly church. It has been said of our church in these last few years that we are a very friendly, family-oriented church. And we will maintain to be a friendly, family-oriented church that uh, come from a very strong family background. The Bible is very family-oriented, and the church is to run like a family, We need to be a friendly church. But then you need to see three people groups in the church. And I won't have you turn there, but 1 John chapter 2 identifies three people groups that you will find in a healthy church. You will find the children, and we have children here. It is good to hear the noise of children. And and while I'm on this, the Holy Spirit's going to run me past it. Mothers, you are not wasting your time in the nursery. Grandmas, you're not wasting your time in the nursery. You are teaching that child and setting a schedule and some structure in that child's life that they come to church when the church doors are open. And yes, I understand sometimes it can be frustrating and you spend a lot of your life in the nursery taking children and taking care of children, but it is worth it. It's a very hard job for mothers and grandmothers. And it's a job that only they can do. But then you would find the young men and women in the church. That'll be the people that are of childbearing age. Uh, They're they're the young families and they're, they're reproducing, they're having children. But then you have, and I'm afraid I'm into this, the oldies. You didn't put that up there, did you? Good. All right, I'm in the introduction. Thank you, Brother Will. The oldies, which First John refers to as the fathers. The oldies. And so we have the oldies, the newbies, <laughs> and the young ones, all right? But you should see those three people groups in your church if it is to be a healthy church. I will tell you this, there are no perfect churches I get this every week. They'll get asked, are you in church? You remember somewhere, no, I just can't find any good churches. I understand you might think there are not good churches anymore, but there are. We're not the only church in town that is a good, solid, Bible-believing church. There's a number of them. You're all blessed down here. Up where I come from, there's about one good church every 45 to 50 minutes apart. Down here, we have four or five good, solid churches in this town right here within five miles of each other. And there's probably a few more that I'm not aware of. But there are no perfect churches. And so get it out of your mind that you're looking for the perfect church. You want the pastor to be just so-so when he preaches in the pulpit. You don't want him too radical. You want him to stay there. You don't want big arm movements. Yeah, I learned all that. You're not supposed to have big arm movements because it's not good. Well, okay. You're supposed to try to keep your arms here and you're supposed to stay poised and behind the, the pulpit and, and, and remain very in control and every once in a while I'll get off the chain just a little bit. <clears throat> but there are no perfect churches. And So what you're looking for is is there a place for you to help you complete the body of Christ in that local New Testament church? You are, and I'll develop it later, Looking, can you work with the pastor? Can you follow the preaching and teaching of that pastor? That's what you're looking for. So how are we going to work together in unity? The Bible says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work. So we're going to talk about a bad word today. Every one of my points is going to start with the word work. Work. <laughs> Bad word. If God led you here and you are not working, this is a little rough patch. Is everybody buckled in? (laughs) All right. If God has led you here and you're not working, you're a problem. Just maybe the rest of us just don't know it yet. You say, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, got quiet, didn't it? Let me explain. Look, there is some work that every one of you can do. It's just like a family. If you're going to have a smooth running home, the daddy and the mommy have to work together in unity. So there are certain... Let me put it like this, because I'll do a little marriage counseling while I'm here. Identify your role who you are, according to the Word of God. If you're a husband, identify that role through the Bible. What is a husband? If you're a mother, a wife, identify that role and then assume that role and execute that role. And it will run smoothly because you're going to follow the roadmap that the Bible has given you. Now, the same can be said for a church. Not all will be teachers. That's why I read to the end of the chapter, He says first, there would be some, he's he's talking about order and structure in the church. I like what somebody said, Uh, there was some issues years back, and the one uh, individual says, look, I know my place. I know my order in the church. That was a wise individual that made that comment. Not all will be teachers, not all are going to be preachers. But you've got nursery workers, you've got cleaners, you've got encouragers. Hey, there's a need for that, encouragers. You have cookers, door greeters, ushers, church technology. I can't run it. I can't run it. I can't run it. Somebody else has to run it. So there's church technology. Uh, there's choir There's painters that you could do. There's grass mowers, light bulb changers, flower bed workers. I'm not going to preach and teach and weed the flower garden, too. Because I hate it. (laughs) So if you have nothing to do, well, that's something that you can do. You have roof patchers, (laughs) deck builders... Somebody's got to put and replace the bad wood on the decks. Deck painters, lawnmower mechanics, caulkers, plumbers, decorators, cake bakers, and visitation workers. And I'm sure there's a few that I've missed. But there is something that anybody in here can do. There are low-risk ministries, high-risk ministries. Stick around. I'll explain them sometime. But let me give you what my old pappy used to say old pappy used to say when as kids would argue among ourselves if you can argue you can work if you're arguing you're not working and you need to find yourself something to do and if you can't i will Now, my nieces and nephews, they always watch because they love it when I talk about what my old pappy used to say or what we did as kids. And uh, (laughs) so I threw that in there for my little nieces and nephews as they will watch the live stream today after their church services so they get two services in. But my old pappy said, if your kids can argue, you can be working. And I've had to pull weeds around the house More than one or two times in my lifetime. I was taught how to raise a garden, work in a garden, take care of animals, how to set a schedule, mow the grass, uh, how to clean my room, do the family laundry and the dishes. And I don't mean that as like, oh, I was, no, that's all well and good and prepared me for life. But we learned something if we were too busy working we couldn't fight amongst ourselves. So every point this morning is going to have the word work. Point number one. If we're going to deal with our growing pains and to keep trouble out of the church, we got to make sure that we work for the right person. Well, that's you. No, it's God. God is the owner of the church. He purchased it with his own blood. Jesus is the sole shareholder. Jesus is the head. Now here's the point I want to emphasize. This year, starting from this morning, if anything that you do in the church, do it work to please God. That's who should be and you should be working for. It's to bring glory and honor to Christ. If you're going to do a work in the church because you want to be recognized or patted on the back, and sometimes that's good to do. And I, if you've been around me long enough, you know that I might lack in that area just a little bit. I'm not one to make a big to-do. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, under the scenes, that I don't say a whole lot about. There's people that work around here, and I don't say a whole lot. Maybe I should say more. But you should be working for the right person, and that's God. It's for the Lord. The Bible says that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He also says, furthermore... Then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and to please God. So you would abound more and more. Sometimes churches will not abound. They won't grow because they're not working to please God. They're working because they want to gain power. They're working because they want to gain recognition. And they're working in the flesh and not in the spirit. And God cannot bless that. But number two, this is the point we get to, that I told you I'd refer to. You're going to have to work with the pastor. Work with the pastor. Uh, God, (laughs) let let me say this, let me stick with my notes. Being a pastor is a calling. I'm not down here because I decided one day I thought being a pastor would, would be a great deal, you know, a great lucrative deal, and boy, it'd just be awesome. Being a pastor is a calling. There's a calling to be a preacher, but then there's another calling when it comes to pastoring. Not every preacher is going to be a pastor. There's a difference between just an evangelist or a preacher who preaches, and we need them, or a pastor, because a pastor, God gives him a pastor's heart. Because I'm going to work with the same group of people every week, year in and year out. And so we have a lot of work to do, but it's going to be a patient work. And as a pastor, you can't get that nomad feeling where you want to roam and wander and leave and and walk around. But God places a man as a pastor in a church. And so what you're looking for is, can I work with this man? Also, I'd like to point this out as a pastor, is a God called man who you allow to have input into your life. A lot of people just want a preacher, but they don't want a pastor. They don't want anybody to have input into their life. That's a problem. The Bible says you need a pastor. And in these things that we call sound doctrine, in the day that we live in, people don't want pastors. They won't endure that. They just want a teacher. They want a preacher who has no input in their life. A pastor is someone you allow to have input into your life. Take your Bible real quick to Hebrews 13. Let me share with you a scriptural outlook on this under this second point, and then we'll move on. Verse 17 in Hebrews 13. He's speaking about church and pastors obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. And here's why, here's why you're going to work with the pastor. For they watch for your souls. You better believe it. And don't be shocked if this preacher, at some point or another, might say something to you if I think you might be marching down the wrong path. Because I'm watching out for your soul. I really like to see people regulate themselves, but sometimes... Because I am watching over for your soul as they that must give an account. You know when you don't show up, you know who comes to me through the week? The Lord does. I wonder where so-and-so was. And God doesn't like I don't knows for an answer. Because mm. I have to give an account for your soul that they do, may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Make it a point not to give grief to your pastor. It's unprofitable for you. There's the Bible on it. Uh, I didn't mean to get there, but it is there and I'll cover it. The pastor watches over your soul. Pray for your pastor. Support what God has led him to do. God, it's God, pastor, people. That is the mode that God has picked. Uh, Now, I want you to get this. I know it's going to shock some of you. The pastor is not perfect. Okay? Pastor ain't perfect. Pastor doesn't always make all the right decisions. I know that shocks some of you. It's real quiet. You're like, you're really like, really? Yeah, really. (laughs) So be careful about looking at the glass instead of looking through the glass to see Christ. But pray for your pastor. Support what God has led him to do. But then take care of your pastor. Now, I can say this with my chest swelled up, because the church takes care of me very well. Better than I deserve. Better, And I'm not lying. I'm not buttering you up. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say one thing and mean another. No, if it wasn't, I would say that too. Uh, I'm an adult, And I would say it if the church didn't. I'd say, hey, we got problems here. I might have to go get a job or do something else. But this church takes good care of of me as the pastor and my wife. And that is biblical. That's what it's supposed to do. Don't overwork him. The Bible likens your pastor to an ox. Flattering, ain't it? (laughs) And sometimes I do feel like mooing. (laughs) especially on a Monday. (laughs) He liken[s] your pastor to an ox. And any good farmer or person that works animals would tell you you don't want to overwork an animal. You don't want to starve an animal to death or let him go too long without water. Don't overwork him. Learn to spot fatigue in your pastor. Learn how to read your pastor. I read you. I discern you. You can discern me got some disturbing news last year I was in a meeting and there was an evangelist I was in another church and I guess that evangelist and that pastor had talked and the pastor was on the point of quitting and I got news for you through last year's pandemic there's a lot of pastors that quit they just couldn't deal with it they were always uh they always felt like they made the wrong decisions in anything they did and that evangelist got on to that and told the people, did you know your pastor's about ready to throw in the towel? And it shocked everybody. said, did, did you not see the tail signs? Let me put it to you like this. I'll be on this and I'm going to move. And again, I'm not speaking subliminally. But it's easy for a pastor to get in the pulpit and put a smile on and pretend that everything's okay. You should be close enough with your pastor that you can spot the subtle signs of physical fatigue. Uh, Maybe you need to watch out for his mental fatigue. I will tell you there's more of a mental fatigue pastoring a church than a physical one. It is physical wearing, but it's more so mental because it is a spiritual warfare. And be on the lookout For your pastor, he's your ox. You don't want to overwork him or overburden him. That's why I take a vacation once or twice a year. Now, I had learned how to not burn myself out owning a business. And as you can see, probably not been many times in my life I've let somebody overwork me. Now, that just could just be part of my nature. I don't know. My dad said, yeah, there was something wrong with that nature, you know. But I just couldn't see the sense in letting somebody work you into the ground. You're sitting there kicking in the corner with a heat stroke when you just could have went about at a whole lot easier pace. As my old grandpappy used to say, which would have been my dad's dad, we got to work all day. Let's not work like we're killing snakes. I like that philosophy. Give him proper rest. And did you put that up there? Feed him well. <laughs> Is that up there? We didn't put that up. <laughs> Good. Feed him well. As you can see, I've been fed well. <laughs> and I love it when the folks uh, give us food. <laughs> Watching a movie the other day and they... They had all these kinds of good treats and food. And the, the kids, I guess it was one of those Christmas mu- uh, movies, said, so we can't eat all that. We've got to eat good food first. And I guess the lady says, well, no, this is a recipe. Actually, this cake is actually broccoli. Uh, I, anybody know how to do stuff like that? Where it makes it look like it may... It, okay, I mean, I've been too long in the other world. Christmas, you know, just believe. I've believed a whole lot that Chinese buffet was good for me, but... As you can see, <laughs> it's not working, but I've been fed well. I love it when uh, Brother Terry brings us some beef and, and, and boy, I like that. Enjoy that and, and uh, good stuff. Okay, now here's a rough one. Point number three, you're going to have to learn how to work around different Personalities. Boy, this is the cause that a lot of people will not engage in church. I hear this a lot. They'll say, you just don't understand, preacher. I just can't work with anybody. (laughs) You generally find those people in (laughs) self-employment. Now, I'm not against self-employment. I was for many years. But there's a lot of people that are in self-employment because they can't work with nobody. That's a problem. And in a church, you're going to have to learn how to work with different personalities. The Bible says this, Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. Allow people to be different around you. You've heard me say this, and I'll, it'll make a little more sense. Not everybody's a crier, but some people are criers. Not everybody's a laugher. Not everybody's a clapper. But when you begin to try to make people all be the same way, and you'll, hear, you'll get in churches like, okay, we don't clap. Everybody can, has to be a non-clapper. Let me tell you a little something. Just let me get on it just a little bit. Clapping in a service is biblical. It's right in the Bible. That's been one of the problems in the independent Baptist church movement. And I love independent, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm not just like the church down the street. Each one's different, but it's become almost like a cult following where every, oh, we don't clap here. We don't express that kind of emotion because that's praise to man. I generally know what I'm dealing with, and here's what happens when you begin to do that. There'll be other pastors saying, okay, no crying here. If you're crying, that's the wrong emotion. No tears. Well, some people cry when they get happy. Some people, when the Holy Spirit touches their heart, they begin to weep. And if you're a crier, you need to let people cry. If they're shouters, you need to let them shout. If they're clappers, you need to let them clap. We're not all the same. This world would be a very boring place if we were. I'll tell you why that gets done like that. Pastors are control freaks. And they, they have a syndrome. They're insecure with themselves. And they, they don't want anything to get off the rails. They want to be in total control of everything. Let me tell you something. I got enough confidence in the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God that it's not going to get off the rails. And if it does, we'll address it later. And by the way, you say, well, are you always afraid if you open the floor up for somebody to speak in tongues? No, I'm not. Now, we don't do that around here. Why? Because it's not biblical anymore. But if somebody was, you can always watch me because I'm not going to panic. You know, want to know why? One of the gifts God gave me was the interpretation of tongues. And I can promise you when I get up, I'm going to tell you what they said. And part of what they said is going to be about giving me money. Brother John Ricketts told me of a service where that went down. There was a pastor, and he was in a church, and he, he really respected this pastor, and it was a revival meeting. And sometimes that happens. This, this lady got up, and boy, just went to town. And John's watching the pastor. Pastor's like, Yep, amen, amen, amen. Bless God, glory. And he's like, I know this guy's, why is he? why didn't he just stop that? And so he got up as soon as the lady sat down. He says, let me interpret what she said because the Bible says you can't speak in tongues unless there's an interpreter. And by the way, God has given me the gift to interpret. He said, she's been having bad thoughts about the song leader and that God's laid it upon her heart to give me $50 tonight. <laughs> about that time, that lady got mad and walked out. And that was the end of that nonsense. And everybody was laughing. And, and, and so John asked that pastor later, why'd you do that? He said, because I didn't want to hinder the Holy Spirit of God let it ride, and channel it in the right direction, and God took care of it. Not everybody's the same. And I'm not so insecure at the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God. I know everybody's not the same. We've got to learn how to work with different personalities. But then when we come together, the next point, work on people. That's what we're here for. We're here to work on people. We're not perfect. Uh, we don't have it all figured out. But maybe you've got something figured out that I don't have figured out, and we can share time with each other, and we can work on each other. Come together, the Bible says, to edify. That means to build up one another. Care for others more than ourselves. That will take care of a lot of problems. When we begin to have care for other peoples more than ourselves, pray for one another, provide assistance, To others in the church, we have a widow's ministry. It's getting ready to grow. That was one of the ministries I didn't mention. If you want a work to do, you can be a person who visits the widows in their affliction to make sure that there's no immediate needs in the home and you can give them an encouragement. We have a singles, and the years to come might have a singles mother's ministry. There's going to be a need for that if we grow not everybody has a perfect family structure. They're burnt stones and they're going to need help. But how about a fragmented family ministry? There's a need for that. And we're going to come together to work on people quickly. Work out our problems, the next point. And I'm almost done. Here's how we're going to work out our problems. Take your Bible to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Let me give you a little something here about working out a problem. In the church, how do we do this? Matthew chapter 5, about verse 23, says, Therefore if thou bring thy gift to the altar, okay, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way first, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. You say, okay, preacher, now take your Bible to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18. Here's how we're going to work out problems because when you have different personalities, from time to time you can have some problems. Here's how you handle it. Biblically, Matthew 18, verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him, Alone. You see that? So, number one, if you have a problem with another member in the church, take care of it personally. Don't get on social media. Don't vent in a roundabout way. Take care of it personally. But watch this. He says, between thee and him alone, take care of it privately. You know, there's a lot of issues that can be taken care of that I, it doesn't have to come to me. And I won't know anything about it, and that's okay. Now I'm here if you need me, but this is how we'll work out our problems and, and we don't have any problems. but this is why we don't have any problems is because we're going to take care of them personally, we're going to take care of them privately, and it shall, he, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. we're going to take care of it prayerfully. I'll tell you something. Even between husbands and wife, you get into a spat and there's that tension, you can cut it. You know you've got to confront it. You know you've got to sit down and talk about it. Before you do that, pray. Both of you together, pray. It'll change the whole spirit and dynamic in that conversation that's getting ready to happen. As a pastor, if I have to deal with an issue... I'm going to have a session of prayer before we get into it. You want to know why? Because the Holy Spirit gets into that thing and it will be done in the right spirit, the spirit of restoration. If you won't pray about that, what happens is the devil, folks, married folks, listen to me. The devil is looking for opportunity to send a wedge in between you and your spouse. And if you won't spend a little time in prayer before you get into a discussion, it's going to go off the rails and the anger is going to get in there and it's going to go south real quick. Pray. That's how you handle problems even in your church, prayerfully, but patiently. If you've been married any time at all, husbands and wife, now when you've been married 30 years, you figure this out. Patiently. You say why? Because your spouse is not always going to think like you, see it like you, or feel it like you. And you've got to learn that you can't be a control freak. Men, you can't be a control freak. Your wife is just as intelligent probably twice as intelligent as you are she is an individual she is a person she can make her own decisions now prayerfully you should be making them together and you should be working together as a team but you got to have some patience and then you need to learn that she can see some things better than you can and you're going to have to let her take the lead in those er areas oh did i say a bad word us men are control freaks. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be heads of our homes and that we shouldn't be uh, uh, there uh, as the head that God has made us. But the Bible commands the man to deal with your wives according to knowledge. You should know your wife. She should know how she feels, how she thinks, what upsets her, what doesn't upset her, what makes her happy, what her love language is. You should be dealing with her according to their love language. And so should a pastor his people. You should know your people. You should be able to take care to know the state of your flock. There are things that I know that I can share with some of you that I can't others of you. And I don't mean secret things, just some things, some burdens you can help me bear and sometimes somebody else can do it better because I know you. But I also know and I don't flip out when things don't go my way. Because I'm going to work with you patiently and lovingly, we should be doing that as heads of our houses with our wives. But this is how we'll take care of problems. Now, last point, and I'm done. I've went a little long. Work through His power. It is a spiritual work. It's a spiritual business. Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. It will be a spiritual work. When we go to grow, and we're going to grow, the devil's going to want to get into it to disrupt it. It's spiritual. We got our roadmap. This is how we're going to handle the growing pains. The flesh, remember this, is carnal And cannot please God. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Us men always want to revert. If something goes wrong, hit it with a hammer. (laughs) And if that don't work, get a bigger hammer. I've worked that way many years of my life. Up until I started noticing things changing around 42. (laughs) The worst year of my life when I got depressed from getting a year older was 36. I think that was the year my brother beat me up in the dojo. No, (laughs) My brother beat me up a lot in the dojo. 36, I realized things changed and I couldn't handle things with force as much as I used to before that. There was a time when I could just, anything I wanted to pick up or grab, I can pick it up and grab it because I was built short to the ground and wide enough I could do it. 36, 37, I noticed something changed. It was, I'd get a little more out of wind. (laughs) I craved more cookies. (laughs) Time I got 42, it changed again. And now, 52, I wouldn't want to have to fight at all because somebody would whoop me bad. You get out of when you get out of breath walking from the, well, the living room to the kitchen, and I, I'm exaggerating. So that's not the truth, Brother Joe. <laughs> He's like, okay, we got to have a talk. <laughs> no, I'm still walking two miles a day. I'm doing okay, but you you know us older men. We you understand what I'm talking about? You're like man, but we, I sure want to still look like I'm strong. <laughs> but the flesh, the flesh cannot please God. So it's a spiritual business. We've got to work through God's power. That's how we're going to do it. That's how the Bible says to do it. That's God's roadmap. He's given us the recipe for success. But the ones I want you to really remember is learn to work with different personalities. You've got to learn how to do that. Let's all stand this morning.